gentlemen, what is good, y'all? It's Chris Gary and Andrew Benjamin on this special edition of the We Are Rising podcast. And this guest, one of the guests that we have been talking to from the Bloodsport card that's coming up on September 14th, needs no introduction. He stands in at six feet six inches tall, weighs in allegedly at 301 pounds, even though, let's face it, it's all muscle, baby. He's 39 years old, but don't you dare call him old because he will suplex your ass out of your shoes. He is, (laughs) yeah, he is the lead trainer, owner, and operator of Virtu Straight Training in Bulletin, California, USA. He is the main trainee of Josh Barnett and Eric Big Cat Paulston at Snake Pit USA, Combat Submission Wrestling, and the UWF USA Camp in Fullerton, California. He is the 2018, well, one of two 2018 Catch Wrestling World Championship semifinalists. He's competed in the Enoki Genome Federation and competed against such names as Bobby Lashley, Kazuyuki Fujita, Peter Eric Shinichi, Iwaka Kirin Suzukawa, and, um, well, am I forgetting something? I mean, you pretty much competed against everybody over there. <laughs> yeah, I had a match against uh, Jerome the Banner. That was a good one. Yeah, and, um, I'm sure that was fun. Yeah. But anyways, this man is making his U.S. professional wrestling debut, which is surprising because I thought at this point in his career he would have already competed for a promotion in the States. On September 14th at the Bloodsport 2 card in Atlantic City, New Jersey, versus the God of War, J.R. Kratos. And if he does well, hopefully promotions will be watching out for him. He is today's guest on this edition of the We Are Rising podcast. He is the catch wrestling monster, Eric (laughs) Hammer. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. That was quite the introduction. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. (laughs) Normally my intros don't go long-winded, but... Hey, there's not really that much audio of a formal introduction, so that'll have to do. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Christian, you want to start off with the first question, or would you like me to start off? You can go ahead and start. Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Hammer, I just want to just want to know. So, how did yeah. you get into uh, pro wrestling, especially? starting off in Japan. That's a very, you know, a lot of people don't start off in Japan that are from America, but uh, you you start off in, at IGF. Just talk about how you got into pro wrestling. Yeah, so it, I learned uh, really early um, that, you know, that the story pisses a lot of people off because uh, I was fortunate at the right place the right time. Um, you know, I started... I met Josh Barnett, my coach, um, back in 2003, 2004. And at that time, I had just finished playing football, uh, or excuse me, just finished wrestling in college and started playing football. 
So when he was down here training for Pride, I wasn't in the room a whole lot, uh, just sporadically in the off season. And then once um, football ended for me, you know, I was with him uh, really full time. And that was probably from 2006 on. And um, we had been training for a while. And, you know, back in the day, um, back in the day, there was a bunch of killers in the room, you know, training under Eric Paulson. We had some phenomenal guys. And Josh at that point was, um, and he was, he still is, but it's just a different way. He was, he was a, an animal, man. It was, he was killing people in the room. And I was one of the few guys that just kept coming back and showing up. And uh, I think there was some respect uh, earned. Um, and I think Josh, um, you know, took a liking to me and took me under his wing as far as um, you know, showing me uh, some steps in pro wrestling. And uh, I, I loved it. You know, I grew up a pro wrestling fan as a kid. You know, the early 80s, mid-80s, that was the heyday of, of pro wrestling in, in the U.S. And um, I've always been an individual that likes to do um, different things that really the, I guess, I like to find things that aren't necessarily as popular and, and, and try and take them on. And I'm referring to catch wrestling because, you know, back in the 2000s, early 2000s, people were always talking about um, jiu-jitsu. And, you know, that was a big rush uh, for people to go toward. And I went to catch and Josh and I were training one day and we went out that evening, had a couple of beers and asked me, hey, you want to start pro wrestling? And I said, yeah, let's do it, man. And, um, you know, got a got a few calls from um, Japan and before I knew it I was on the plane and my first match was against uh, Alexander Olska <laughs> and uh, it was it was it was game on from there man it was it was incredible I loved it how does it feel just starting off in Japan because you know like, like I said a lot of people they start off in America or they're from England they start from England <laughs> but you're an American who just who you just like swooped right into Japan did it, how did it feel you know just you know already being, you know, making it to that step that a lot of people probably would have liked to, but, you know, yeah. we're still cutting your teeth on the American Indies or in other places. You know, um, admittedly, I was pretty ignorant to it. And me not really understanding the magnitude of what I was doing helped a lot. You know, sometimes, uh, I don't know if I was just uh, <clears throat> dumb enough not to know or just, I guess... Um, Maybe part of it was, um, I don't know, maybe, I don't want to say skilled enough because there's always a lot to learn and, and to be pretty um, cocky of me to say that, but uh, composed, I guess would be a better word, to walk into an environment like that and handle the pressure and, and, and what was going on. Uh, because, you know, obviously there were nerves and I was, you know, but I never thought I couldn't do it. And I thought it was an amazing opportunity and, and I just wanted to, to get in there and, and, and go to work. Cause also, so, oh, sorry. I just also want to ask, ask because also the, the, the culture of pro wrestling in Japan is almost night and day difference in America in terms oh, of how they treat it, huge. that the yeah. fact that it is, 
I mean, say for a few other promotions, it is taken as if every you treat everything as if it's is, is important, it's real, all that stuff. Um, sure. You know, if you're, real. you know, if you're, if you have a, if you're part of a faction, you are always with that faction. You do not, right. you do not mingle with the other, with the other factions. Just like right. was that hard to, you know, to just adjust to just that culture of the not only the of the backstage. Um, I guess rules of, of Japanese pro wrestling, but also just what what is expected to deliver in terms of uh, of what your matches should be about. No, because um, for me, I really liked what uh, uh, Mister Noki was was about and what he was doing. Um, it wasn't um, a lot of the high flying acrobats. Um, you know, no offense to those those guys that do that. They're they're talented. Um, they're, they're phenomenal athletes. Uh, it's just not what I'm about. Um, I, I appreciate the old school uh, grind type competition. Um, and being in pro wrestling, I, I you know, even though it, it's, it's uh, pro wrestling and, and people had, you know, their, their thoughts about what it is and what it isn't, um, the way I wrestle as a professional was really the way I wrestled as an amateur. And any sport that I played, I, I, I'll be honest, I'm a criminal at it, man. I, I'm, I, can't, it, I can't turn that switch off. For me, um, I don't care if it's beer league hockey or chess. I, I do it the same way. Um, I don't operate off of emotion when I compete. However, nerves really don't play a part. There's some anxiety a little bit when I compete, but man, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a gangster when I when I when I compete, man. And if and I'm I'm there to push the limit of the rules, I stay within them. But you know, if I can legally put my elbow in your eye and no one else is doing it, then I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Um, like even right now, as I'm describing it, like I've noticed my, I'm like clenched. Like I gotta like fucking relax here for a second because um, I'm I'm extremely competitive about things. And I mean, honestly, like my feet are shaking right now. I, I that's the way I am when I compete. Mm-hmm. Uh, just curious to know, do you have any uh, stories about, or did you have a chance to interact with Enoki himself while you were in um, Egypt? Dude, I I have had. I'm going to call such like a, some blessed experiences over there with the people I've met. And, and I don't know how I've done it. Um, I just managed to be, like I said, in the right time or the right place, the right time, the right people. And, um, you know, one, one story that I could, Oh, did I lose you guys? Oop, no, you're still there. There you are. All right. Um, I just got off the plane and my liaison uh, called me up and said, Hey, uh, we're, we're on our way. Uh, Antonio, you know, Mr. Noki's in a bar, uh, he's hanging out, you know, he wants you to come hang out. So I said, all right, cool, man. So just got off the plane. I, I stink, you know, haven't changed nothing, no shower, just hopped in this, uh, in this car, in this van. And we went down to this bar and I thought there were going to be other wrestlers there. It was, uh, Mr. Noki and I, and, uh, we just started talking and we're sipping on some whiskey and he was just sharing with me the history of, you know, his career and talking about politics. And we were there for a good two hours. And it was the coolest experience 
But before I know it, you know, I asked him one question. I said, hey, you know, um, can you can you show me your your face crank neck lock on a kind of series? And this man's in probably a two thousand dollars suit, puts <laughs> his cigar back in his mouth, says, yep. And then literally before I know it, this guy has me on the ground and he's face cranking me um, choking me out and literally on the bar and there's you know people just taking photos and he's seriously putting it on me like i'm i'm tapping and every the harder i tap the harder he laughs and that he's got that deep japanese style laugh man and i'm just literally came out of that bar scene with a black guy you would have thought i got in a fight that night but uh it was from uh mr Inoki just uh, uh face cranking the hell out of me for probably 30 40 minutes and and laughing about it. So, <laughs> well, I, th I thought your the story was going to be about asking for the uh, infamous Enoki slap because that's apparently yeah. that's usually one of the first things people ask for ask Enokis when they see him is that they want to get that famous Enoki slap that he would give to all the students. You know, I I have a, a lot of respect for that man, obviously, and I don't want to ask for that if it's earned, then mm. I'll take it. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like I saw him um, slap Josh, and you know Josh never asked for it. That was, uh, you know, basically that's a present from from you know Mr. Noki to Josh, and that's the way I view that. You know, but um, I've had some phenomenal nights with Fujiwara. Fujiwara and I went out after a show one night, and oh my God, it it, it was insane. I have a photo on my Facebook of him uh, face cranking me, and dude. I, I cannot talk enough about Japan and some of the old school guys that I've met and have an opportunity not only to meet but to hang around with and like have cigars with it. Like, um, you know, the original Tiger Mask, it, it's, it's, I had a night out with him. It was just me, him, and Josh. Mm. Uh, it, it was amazing, man. I just can't believe. Uh, you know, I think back as to how I was as a kid, but I ever think my life's turned out this way, and it's been phenomenal, man, to meet these people. Just to clarify, when you say the original Tiger Mask, do you mean uh, Satoru Sayama? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Wow. You, that's that's that sounds incredible. That you know, you you get plucked from 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 America one day, and suddenly now you're just mingling with all these famous Japanese pro wrestlers, and Oki himself. That that must have, must have been quite a it must have been like a fever dream almost. It, it's 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 insane, it's insane, and you just um, you can't imagine, you know what, what um, what it's gonna be like because you just you didn't I just didn't know, mm -hmm. you know you, you know you know what you know you know what you don't know but you really don't know what you don't know exactly and, uh, yeah, and it's crazy man it's amazing it still is. Uh, so one of the things I want to ask um. You kind of uh, touched on a little bit about you know pro wrestling, you know that uh, with uh, that that flip flips flipping stuff is not your style. That you have your own style. But one thing is that I, as somebody who's been a long time pro wrestling fan, what do you think about the just the transition from I guess a traditional uh, uh, worked pro wrestling match compared to now, where it does seem to be more about the moves and the flashy stuff is this uh i do you think that rest that pro wrestling has kind of lost its way almost or is it just or is it just the, the business adapting to a new style what what, what, is, what do you see as it in your eyes um i don't i don't like i mean I, i'm trying to 
to to say this with uh, as much respect for mm. the guys that are doing it now. Mm. I think some of the storylines are very unrealistic, and I'm not I'm not call out any of them, you know. Um, but as just as my mindset is, um, well, my personal mindset on the matter when I compete isn't uh, flash. It's gritty. It's grind, mm. and uh, it's it's dirty. And um, I prefer the old school, you know, carnival style. Um, you know, matches versus the, the high-flying acrobatic style. Mm. Um, I think, um, you know, it's 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 a one-up process. It's like, well, this guy did one one flip. Now I got to try two. Now I got to try three. Now I got to try four. And it, that kind of mentality has led pro wrestling to what it is now because people just want to see how far... Um, you know, other people are willing to go. And um, I don't think, for me, either, I think there's some old school individuals that, or even some new age people that would appreciate um, the old school value of, of um, you know, the way it was versus the way it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm, I'm definitely in agreement. You know, there's, there's places for flips and dives. Problem is, if everybody's doing it, is a, right. a slip or a die especially anymore. And so, you know, it's right. it becomes too much of a one-upmanship. And eventually, once you climb to the top of the ladder, where else do you go? You can't you have to go back down. You have yeah, to... I mean, the next thing, what, do you kill somebody? Or, you know, what's the what's the next step? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, you got, you just got, I, I don't know, you got people, like, pulling tampons out now. And, you know, like, I just, I don't, it's, it, to me, that's not wrestling. It's not wrestling. And honestly, uh, I may rub a lot of, uh, rub people the wrong way with this one, but if you don't know how to truly wrestle, then you're an acrobat and you're mm-hmm. a stuntman. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you need to know how to wrestle in order to be a pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just my take. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, we do have a question. We get we have a bunch of questions uh, from people when I when I on Reddit uh, when I posted about the interview. And this one this one is uh, the person's name is so long I'm not even going to read it. But this is the question I'm going to ask. Um, and it kind of goes into this topic with the rise of Bloodsport and a more MMA oriented show. Do you believe this would give a more of a sports style as opposed to the performance art? movement rising and pro wrestling right now. So I just want to also just put a little bit of clarification on that. There recently was this whole thing about some pro wrestler, I think it was a female pro wrestler, said that she considers herself a performance artist, not a pro wrestler. And so this whole debate about performance art, is it pro performance art or pro wrestler and a bunch of people just, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So essentially, yeah, I guess I'm, uh, I guess the question is... Basically, uh, it has something to do with a famous wrestling journalist Basically, being upset that somebody had to call it something other than professional wrestling. Yeah. So basically, yeah. Do what in your eyes? This show will this give rise continue a more sports oriented uh, feel as opposed to the as we we're talking about the more performance based idea that a lot of people are approaching pro wrestling now. I guess you could say. Yeah, I think um, you know Josh's vision for Bloodsport is the roots of wrestling 
you know, it's, it's, you know, there's, there's no ropes. Um, he, Josh is a wrestler through and through and, um, you know, he, he pays, um, his respects to the, to the men and women that did this before us, and, you know, before them. And, uh, that's where he, he really wants to see blood sport. Um, and, and yeah, I, I would, I would, I would agree if I can remember the question, um, I'm trying to recall it, but yeah, I think shows like this need to happen. The hard part is, um, you know, getting, getting the U S audience to understand that this is, you know, legitimate pro wrestling on the verge of, of, of a pro style match, you know, being worked or whatever it is. And, you know, sometimes you can't tell the difference. And that's what I really appreciate about it. You know, I, um, I love that. And I, I would, on a flip, I could do either. I have no problem going out there and, and smashing uh, in a shoot or work, you know. But um, I just, I just want to compete. And I think, you know, these shows are going to bring wrestling, um, the pro style of wrestling, uh, to, to more to more eyes and, and gain a bigger audience. Okay. I did a, I did a show. Now in regards to, Oh, no, go, go ahead, ahead and finish up, sir. I, I was going to say, oh. uh, I did a, I, I did a catch wrestling uh, match. Um, I, last year in, uh, New Jersey. And I was just, I just happened to go back on and kind of watch it the other day and, and was reading the comments and it was really cool to see people, that were uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu enthusiasts and, um, you know, outside of, of catch wrestling, really take note and comment and say, hey, this is, this is catch wrestling? Wow, this is, this is amazing, you know? And there's a lot of uh, bad blood, you know, between me and some of the competitors, but it, it was cool, man, because it was, it was raw, and, and that's what I think blood sports getting to. It's about... Now, in regard to catch wrestling, I know that, of course, in the last quarter century or more, we have seen MMA blow up, we've seen kickboxing blow up, we've seen sports like bare knuckle boxing, which haven't really gotten a foothold in this century until mm -hmm. a few crazy promoters made that thing like these sport and also you got full contact karate coming up as well but do you think that catch wrestling probably needs a bit of a boom in order to kickstart in order to be like one of those major combat sports that everybody wants to be in and talk about yeah i just i don't know what that's going to take what what does that look like you know i mean um Every promotion, the, the bare knuckle boxing, uh, the full contact karate, um, you know, all those promotions um, are looking for that one thing that sets them over. For the UFC, it was the uh, Stefan Bonner and, uh, um, you know, the finale. Stefan Bonner versus Forrest Griffin. Right. It was that. You know, that was what that took them, like, over the top. And people's like, holy shit, look at this thing, you know. And, and I, I think that's what um, 
you know, every organization of style of combat sport is looking for. Um, but what what is going to put it over? What's going to what's going to spark the interest of, of these individuals um, or of these companies uh, to the individuals? Uh, that's that's the question, and that's what we're we're looking to to, to accomplish. Uh, just what's um yeah, Christian? Uh, I'm gonna move on to Bud Sport. Did you have any questions about Bud Sport? Um, well, I think when it comes to the question I just asked, that pretty much covers that. I mean, with Blood Sport, do you think that it does carry a niche audience? I mean, even though, even though this will only be the third time an event like this has happened, is there already an audience for catch wrestling? Well... I don't. I don't know how many. It's hard to say how many people know about catch. They may have heard of it. I mean, there's wrestlers that don't know about catch. I saw an interview. Um, I don't know how long ago it was, but it was Dan Cormier, who's a high-level wrestler. That's like, I want to know what catch wrestling is. How come I don't know what catch wrestling is? You know, and th- I mean, that was like a quote. And it would be phenomenal for these individuals to actually know what it is because they're they're in the sport of wrestling and. Um, Again, you know, me, the way I think, I like to go against the grain, and if it's not catch, I don't want to do it because that means it's jujitsu, and I'd rather do something that people don't know about be on the forefront of it. Um, and, and I appreciate catch. To me, it's much more violent. And like I said, when I, I'm a criminal, man, when I compete, dude, you know, I used to get booed at my collegiate matches because I would sit there and just cross-face you just because I could do it. And try and break your nose. <laughs> I, like I said, for me, I can't. I can't turn that off. Like, again, talking about it, I'm starting to fidget again because that's just my nature, you know. And um, and in a way, when it comes to wrestling, a lot of people's introductions, like a Daniel Cormier, comes back to college wrestling. Comes back to the NC2A right. freestyle or Greco-Roman style, like the Olympics. But when it comes to professional wrestling, you know, outside of Lucha Libre, outside of straight Southern wrestling, you got your Lucha enthusiasts. You got your guys who want to try and make it seem believable, but it ain't believable. So you have to go all the way to Japan and learn strong style. Right, right, right. Um, You know, it's going to be interesting to see um, how that style takes over here in the U.S., um, I, th- I think Bloodsport is a perfect platform for it. You know, um, I try and stay off the boards and the messages and that kind of stuff because uh, there's a lot of ignorance out there. But um, I pop on every now and then just to see what people are saying about the event, not in particular the actual wrestlers, but what they think of the event. And I haven't seen too many negative things. And I, and I think there's, you know... Um, there is a, a fan base that is starting to appreciate, you know, what the strong style is. And they're starting to kind of dig around and say, hey, there's something more out there than your high flying acrobat. Uh, what do they call it? What did that girl call her sport? Performance artist. Yeah. Performance artist. Performance artist. Yeah. I don't want to fucking be labeled performance artist because I, I honestly, I give, I give two shits about wins and losses. I, I, I want to go out there and compete to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. 
It's okay. You're probably more of a violent artist than anything else. <laughs> Fucking, you better believe that, man. <laughs> uh, so, uh, speaking of, of of matches, what is what is talk about uh, your bus board match against J.R. Kratos, who also yeah. has a catch wrestling background, or he he came up. I believe he trained in California as well uh, with uh, Oliver John and was with mm-hmm. all those people that were you know wearing pancreas shoot style, hybrid style. Um, do you know anything about him um, besides uh, that he's that he's the god of war? Yeah, he's a large human. I know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a large human with, with large hands. Um, I, I don't know too much about him. Um, you know, I, you know, for me, um, I don't I don't care who it is, man. I don't I don't I really don't. And this isn't uh, this isn't. This isn't me working right now. This is fucking facts. I I just don't care. You know, a week, a month, whatever it is, if the opportunity's there and I have and I'm and I'm in um, uh, able body, I'm gonna go do it. So I appreciate um, Kratos, you know, accepting and stepping into the mat. But we're not friends. Um, you know, we're not we're not brothers. We're not we're not anything. And even if we were, I would I would go out there to smash him the same way I would go out there to smash anybody. Mm, mm, uh, you probably don't even care that he's from the same state. I mean, he is from Sacramento. You're from Fullerton. Yeah. No, I, I don't care where he's from. Uh, sticking on this blood sport topics, so we do have uh, three questions. I'm going to ask them each individually so you can have time to answer them. Uh, these are yeah. from... Jersey Joe Gotch, uh, that's a, quite a name, um, and he, he uh, his first question is, how will your Bloodsport match differ from a regular pro wrestling match? Well, I mean, it's obviously set up differently. There's, um, you know, there's no pins. It's a knockout um, or submission. Uh, the ring is different. Um, you know, my mentality as a college wrestler is, is to grind and push the pace. Um, I'm not an acrobat, you know, so I, I'm assuming, uh, what's the guy's name, Joe, that asked this question? Uh, Jersey Joe Gotch. Jersey Joe. I'm, I'm, you know, if you listen to this interview, um, you, that question's probably already been answered. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, I don't know, what that girl call herself? I've got to write this down. A, a performance artist? Uh, perform- performance artist. Uh, I'm trying to remember who said yeah. that. Who, who, do you remember who said that, Christian? It was a female wrestler. I'm trying to remember who said that. Was Her it- name was Jordan Grace, J-O-R-D-Y-N-N-E-G-R-E-C-E. Nothing personal against her. I'm just, I'm, I don't want to be known as a performance artist. I'm going to, look, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm dead, right, and my son comes up and listens to the way, you know, people describe how I wrestled, I want them to say, dude, your, your father was a, was a badass he just went out there and, and did it. There was no glitch. There was no glamour. It was blue collar because that's the way I grew up. That's the way I am, and that's the way I'll die. Mm. Uh, the second question that from Jersey Joe Gotch. Uh, how have your preparations for this match compared to your typical wrestling preparation? Same. I'm in the gym every day with Josh. We were killing each other. Um, it's it's same preparation for, for all, all the matches. It's no different than a, than a uh, like a college practice. We grind, we get in there, we warm up, uh, we drill, and then we go. And the third question, third and last question that he has is, uh, do you pro- approach your particular match differently 
Now, uh, I don't know if you know this. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be Josh Barnett versus John Moxley, uh, formerly known as Dean yeah. Ambrose from WWE. Now that yeah. John Moxley's not no longer in the headline uh, of this match, are you going to be approaching the match differently? Uh, I guess, I guess, I guess, almost the frame the question. What they're asking is, if well, now that you know, I guess the biggest name is off the card. Do you think that will maybe does that mean extra motivation for you that 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 the spotlight can be put on you when your match? Uh, when your match goes up, no, I don't. I don't think about things like that. Um, I don't. Um, it, it sucks what happened to Moxley. Uh, you know, it, it, I want to get a speedy recover, recovery because I wanted to see that match between uh, him and Josh. Um, but no, I, it doesn't affect me at all. I uh, I don't even know where I'm at on the card lineup. I don't care. You know, to me, it's competition, and my only focus is to go out there and smash greatest. So. How do you how do you see the match going? Do you want this to be a a knockout win? Do you want to get him in a catch wrestling hold, wrist lock, or foot lock, or something? How do you want to how do you want to finish Kratos? You know, I know Kratos has power in his hands, and there are strikes involved in this. So um, that's one thing I have to watch out for. My specialty is not stand up. I'm more of a traditional wrestler, so um, I will be. And I don't care if he knows it. I'll be tapping his legs a lot. Um, you know, I've. I worked with one of the best leg lockers in the world, as in Josh Barnett. So it's probably no surprise that I will be attacking his legs. Uh, you know, ex expect a lot of uh, just a lot of tough, dirty riding. And um, if I grab an ankle, I'm gonna or a knee, I'm gonna fucking snap it off and take it home with me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do you uh, after blood sport? Do you maybe do you foresee maybe? Going back into pro wrestling, or is this a one-time thing, or you just want to be a blood sport? What do you What do you see your future is in pro wrestling? Well, actually, I was supposed to um, do the first blood sport, uh, but I had a prior engagement uh, scheduled, and I couldn't couldn't get out of it. I, I work with a lot of fighters, and one of them uh, had a fight that I was cornering on, so I had to be there for. It. Mm. Uh, but um, you know, I'm 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 open. You know, I, I'm a before everything, I'm a family man, you know, so, but, you know, going to uh, a place like WWE is unrealistic for me, plus uh, the way it's run right now, again, no offense to WWE or anybody out there, it's just not my style. Uh, I don't think I would adapt well to what they're asking or what those wrestlers are doing. Um, if there's organizations like Bloodsport out here and it made sense to do, that's something I would consider. Um, but again, I, I am not a, uh, performance artist. I'm, I'm a fucking wrestler, man. So. <laughs> I like how, I like how you've, well, understood. you've, understood. you've written yeah. this down almost as like, as like a motivation. Cause you don't like, almost like you want to do everything that, that is the opposite of a performance artist. Almost, you know, I like how you've written it down. It's like now in your head, I am yeah. not going to be this now. I am I not. Yeah, I have it written down like right here on this sheet. I, I'm memorizing this, this term because it's fascinating. I feel bad for Kratos now that I, I've instilled that term that I've I've gotten that term in you because I think you're gonna take all all that all that shit out on him now that I brought this up. So I I kind of feel bad now that I put uh, Kratos more um, in the crosshairs now. I feel like. Well, I would I would love to wrestle a performance artist. 
that would probably be the easiest payday ever for me. <laughs> yeah, because you would probably be able to suplex their asses out of their shoes. Uh, not, even, not even probably. I'd, they might fucking lead. I'd take their back and throw them all over again. Uh, be the, yeah, like, it would be the easiest payday. And as soon as you throw them out of the ring, not only would they be going fine, but also the tampons would be fine. <laughs> Whoa! Come on, Andrew. Yeah, Come yeah. Yes. You know Come who we're talking, man. Christian. You know who we're talking about. This, no, but you know who we're talking about now, Christian. With that, you know who we're talking about, right? Come on, man. <laughs> Calm yes down, man. I'm pretty sure there are some sensitive people listening to this. Oh, there, there well, always is. That's, that's, a, that's another problem, but you know the sensitivity factor. But, oh well. Well, actually, uh, that's a, yeah. I mean, I don't want. I almost don't want to cross into that territory. But also, one of the things I, I that pro wrestling has changed also, and mm-hmm. you could try to be as diplomatic with this with, with this answer as much as you can, is that you know bad guys can't be bad guys anymore. It seems like everybody has to be. Everybody has to be Basically, a wh- everybody has to be a tweener. Uh, not even a tweener, but just, you know, you, a bad, if a bad guy says something to a, to a, to somebody to an audience member, they get, their feelings get hurt, or, you know, whether it's on yeah. social media or in real life. I'm just, is that is that just also something that, like, is that something that pro wrestling has lost now, is that people cannot be bad guys anymore, or, or, truly, or truly get you to hate them? You know, I... I think you can. It just you I I you can. If you're good, if you're good at it, you can. Um, the approach I think is different. It's I think, you know, um, it's not an attack on I don't I don't think it can be derived at a at a fan, obviously now. I don't think uh, I think the days of jumping in the the crowd and swinging your chain around and doing that is is over. Um, not Japan, but out here. Oh, yeah. Let's talk U.S. strictly. Yeah, those days are over. Uh, in Japan, I can. Yeah, I mean, I can walk out in the audience and body slam a uh, twelve-year-old damn near, and and if some people will love it, some people will go, "Oh my God, what did you do?" Um, but yeah, it can be done. It just has to be done a little differently nowadays. Um, and, you know, being older, you know, I, I do take into consideration, you know, there are a lot of young minds out there. And, and um, it, you know, you, you don't know who's watching you, but you just know there are people watching you. And, mm-hmm. and you know, like, like my son, uh, he's one. And, uh, you know, he wears my shoes. He puts my shoes on a walk. So everything I do, I, when I see that, I'm like, man, this kid's watching everything I do. Um, so that, you know, that enters my mind from time to time. But uh, still, you know, I'm not trying to be a villain. Um, but I just, I, like I said, dude, I'm a criminal. And some people don't like the way I, I compete. They label me that. Mm-hmm. It's not an attack on the fans. But I am going to attack the people I'm, 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 I'm competing against. Yeah. Essentially, you know, if people you either if people like you or hate you, it doesn't matter. You know, just, no, that, just... that I don't care about. I don't do this for the fans at all. This this is not me. Uh, I don't care about fan being a fan favorite. I don't care if I'm liked. I don't. I don't. I do not care about any of that. This isn't for them. It's for me. Mm, mm-hmm. 
Uh, and, and you probably do this because of the love of the sport, right? Mm-hmm. I, I love to compete, man. I love, I love to compete. And that's something that has been instilled in me from a very young age. My mother is the one that actually made me wrestle, like made me wrestle. There was no questions about it. It wasn't, hey, you should probably go do this. It was, hey, she went up to the high school, found the captain of the wrestling team on the first, actually during summer, in summer school, and, and said, make sure my son's at every practice. And that was it. Mm. That was just the way it was. Ah, back in the days when, when parents used to push their kids into sports. Not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you can't do that. Well, actually, I want to go <laughs> into... Some of the parents still push their people into sports. Only now they do it with 16 cameras in their face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my son won't have a choice. He will wrestle. In fact, he already knows how to bridge. I taught him how to back bridge at, uh, at eight months old. Mm. So he's been working on that. But... You know, he's got to wrestle for at least two years. And that, after that, if he doesn't want to do it, he, he can't. But I won't be the, the father of the parent that's, uh, you know, screaming and yelling. He's just got to, he has to, he has to wrestle. And um, I'm hoping he takes to it because it's the best, it's the best thing for your life, honestly, um, athletically, but um, outside of off the mat as well. There's, there's honestly nothing I cannot handle. Nothing. And it's all due to how I was raised in the wrestling world. And I was actually speaking of uh, good, uh, being good for yourself. Uh, well, I'll talk about a little bit about your uh, your your uh, your fitness um, your fitness yeah. uh, business, uh, the Virtuous uh, Strength Club. How that all, whole thing get started? Um, when I stopped playing football, I decided to open up a gym. I didn't want to be um, I didn't want to be a nine to fiver. Um, I, just want to be my own boss and start my own my own thing and uh, i loved i loved coaching i always have i loved um, sport and it was a natural fit um at one point i had i had three gyms and a, and a restaurant there's a whole entrepreneurial thing and then when i had my son got rid of it all and um broke down to one gym and that's what very, I'm very passionate about that. Um, our, our style of training is very different. Um, you'll never catch me doing heavy deadlifts, presses, squats, anything like that. We do a lot of explosive movements. Um, do a lot of neurological uh, training, you know, eye training. Um, so the athletes that I work with, um, you know, they're they're really seeing benefits that they've never seen with any of their strength coach before because it is extremely different. Uh, we're fixing a lot of the balances that these guys have developed over over time and a lot of it's just like fixing their eyesight a lot of people don't know you can improve your eyesight you know things like strengthening their feet i have um, individuals that have conditioning issues and it's not based on their lack of um you know cardiovascular um attention you know in their training it's due to the eyes being weak or the feet being weak so they're not operating at uh, the level they could be operating. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of off-the-wall things. Um, we're not a traditional gym. It's very hard to describe what we do, but uh, it's very different. So it's not. It's, it, so this isn't like a plan of fitness where the soccer moms come in for 30 minutes and then go home. And... No, but you know what, though? I actually, I do have, uh, you know, I, I obviously train a lot of MMA fighters and wrestlers mm-hmm. and stuff. Um you know, uh, but I do have a, a good um, base clientele of, you know, soccer moms that want something different because everyone's tried CrossFit. Everyone's tried, you know, the, the hit training and stuff. Um, but I know where that leads to and, and 99.9% of the time it leads to injury. I see a lot of 
I see a lot of people come to me with back injuries, knee injuries, hip injuries, and the first thing they say, well, you know, I was at this group training or boot camp or CrossFit, and, um, and, and you know, it kind of, I, I broke down. You know, a lot of people aren't qualified to get in certain positions, and then their trainers ask them, for example, like an overhead press, a lot of people limit, have a limited range of, of mobility in their shoulder, so they can only get their shoulder to here. And then we ask them to put a barbell over their head and force them into position, well, what do you think is going to happen to the shoulder? So it's going to fall back like a domino. Yeah, or it's going to tear over time, break down, and you know we we, we fix a lot of that stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know that that's also what's been my saving grace. Also, is you know I'm 39 years old, but I I'm, I'm I would argue that the 39 year old could beat the 21 year old that I was, uh, you know. Back in the day. Uh, just to let everybody know, apart from Josh Barnett and also with Eric Paulson, you've also uh, helped uh, Bilal Muhammad from uh, UFC as well with his uh, with his uh, weight cut, right? Uh, Benil, Benil Darish. Benil, uh, Benil, oh, yeah. Benil Darish, yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay, yeah, my, I, gave, I, I think there's two Benils, and I, and I said the wrong one. Yeah, no, Benil Darish, uh, 155er, yeah, I've, I've worked with him about five years. Um, you know, I've worked with... Um, uh, Babalu Sobral uh, worked with actually Jerome LeBanner came out for a while trained with me um, lately like uh, most notably would be Helen Marulis who's the 2016 uh, gold medal women for women's freestyle wrestling she spent all of uh, this past summer with me before heading out to Oklahoma and um, so yeah I, I've been really fortunate to have some really good athletes buy into what I'm doing because it is very untraditional stuff and, um, you know, when you tell these guys, hey, look, we're not going to be doing heavy deadlifts there. Oh, man, you know, well, what are we doing? Uh, we still lift heavy, but it's, it's just done for what their sport uh, needs. What, what, what do they need specifically? Mm. And just to clarify, Bala Muhammad is fighting this Saturday. That's why his name was on my mind, not Benny Ogarush. Uh, that's yeah, why. No, Benio fights uh, in October. Yes, that's it. That's it. Uh, but. Uh, uh, I, I guess if there, uh, there's one well, uh, one uh, question I have regarding training, strength, and all that stuff. Well, I, I guess I'll put I'll put it this way. Um, my sister is getting married this year. Tried to go on one of those. Uh, I'm just gonna say one of those mail order diet things, and I think you probably yeah. know where I'm going with this. And it wound up backfiring on her sure. badly. What is the number one thing? Number one thing that you would say is wrong with the American diet now? What is like? What is the I know there's probably many, but like, what is what would you say is the number one thing that you think is wrong with the American diet now? I don't. Well, depending on what side of the fence you fall on, meaning eating carbs or not eating carbs, I would say most people don't earn their calories. Mm-hmm. So we have such easy access to food. You can go in your kitchen right now and pull out donuts or cookies or ice cream, whatever it is you have. You can actually eat that kind of stuff. I don't advise it, but you can if it's plugged in at the right times. And most people snack late night on those heavy carbs. They go to sleep, their blood sugar spiked, and then all hell breaks loose on the body. So mm-hmm. there's a, um, a lack of education on if you're going to eat that stuff, when can I eat it? Um, and then there's a lack of education on should you be eating it. Honestly, I don't feel uh, processed sugar and stuff should be in the body doesn't mean I don't eat it from time to time because I love sugar. Um, but if I do eat it, I eat it around certain periods so I, I know I'm going to end up burning it off. Mm-hmm. But um, there, I mean, the, the diet the diet piece is, that could go on. That's that's like a four or five day 
uh, discussion, and it really depends on on what you believe. Some people believe in vegan diet, some people believe vegetarian, keto. You know, there's so many of them out there now. Mm-hmm. Caveman, but, all that stuff. Yeah. But, I would just say to summarize, most people don't earn their calories. Mm, I got you. I definitely agree. You know, I use that. Now, in a way, in a way, I kind of attribute that to, you know, this country is obsession with fast food. And I'm not going to lie, even though I'm short myself, I mean, even though I'm a fast food fan myself, I'm only five feet tall. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to watch my weight. But. It's really hard when there's like 60, 70, 80 fast food commercials or junk food commercials on the air at every given moment of the day, and there's not really that many people giving a damn about homemade food or even food that doesn't, you know, pack too much of a punch when it comes to, you know, extra calories and extra weight. Yeah. Um, You know, it's kind of in a way like new age pro wrestling mm. where we have the baconator before it was two pieces of bacon now it's your bun is the bacon or you know uh they, they everyone's trying to uh top each other in the fast food industry and and it's just adding more and more so what's next you know i think there's a a restaurant in arizona or las vegas that it's called like cardiac arrest oh, or something. Along heart attack lines. grill. The yeah, heart attack grill. Yeah, right. it's in Vegas. They call that burger the heart attack burger, I mm, think. You right. have to sign a weight off before you can eat it. And, and, and the thing is, is people are actually eating it. it, it it's great, you know, and, and um, I'm, I'm, I am, I'm shocked that uh, people are doing this, uh, but they're doing it. And um, it's it's that one up syndrome, you know. It's well, what's next? What else can we do? And you know, to, to talk about the fast food piece, um, we all want we all want to spend less money, and we all uh, want to save time. So what's available? And that's the drive-through. You know, in Japan, uh, they don't have drive-throughs. Mm-hmm. In fact, they tried that one time, but you had to hire somebody to direct people to the drive-thru because the concept was so foreign. They didn't understand that you go, uh, you actually drive through. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an issue that we're having, um, in this country. And I don't, again, don't know what's going to fix it. I mean, we've never been, been, been unhealthier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh- uh, Christian, do you have any more qu- uh, questions for uh, Mr. Hammer? Well, actually, I only got one. I mean, given the fact that you have sleep, I mean, given the fact that you're in your advanced stage in life, it probably disqualifies me from asking, you know, what would you do as a fallback plan? But let's just say this. If you weren't in football mm-hmm. from your adolescent days on up to you were 18, 19, 20, would you have considered a professional wrestling career or a professional MMA career from the get-go? Um, I, I think I, I think I could have done pro wrestling 
back in the early 80s, if I was of age, like if I was in a time machine, I could do it then. I don't know if I could do it now um, in the MMA career. Um, you know, that's the direction I was actually headed after football. Um, so, you know, it was, I was in a gym every day with Josh. Uh, however, uh, I met my wife when I was 21, and she did not want to marry a fighter. My mother was this, the same way, where it didn't want didn't want to watch her son go out and get, you know, punched in the face. And, and I fought with him. And, and honestly, as competitive as I am and as much as I would have loved to, to, to see what I could have done within the anime sport, um, <clears throat> the respect I had for those two was far greater than, than my, um, I don't know if it was a desire because I had a big desire, but I just, I cared more about those two people than, than, uh, than I did to go out there and, and push the limits of what I could put them through. Um, and then, you know, when I got of a certain age, I started thinking, you know, my mentality changed. Why would I want to go get punched in the face for a living when I can figure out another way to do it? And, and that's kind of where I went. So um, there's a part of me that I don't regret anything, but there's a part of me that still looks back and goes, man, how far could I have gotten? Uh, but that will never leave me, honestly. Um, but I don't regret I don't regret not, not doing it. Oh, and with that, um, I want to give... The, uh, I mean, that's understandable. But another question I would like to also close out with, and then we're going to close things out by you giving your plugs, how to contact you and all that, but is there any advice that you would not only give to us, but to people who are, you know, going through a rough patch in life, who are basically watching their figure kind of die out and yeah. kind of need a boost for themselves to try and get themselves back up. What would be your main advice to those trying to, you know, rejuvenate themselves? Yeah, I, I, I think um, everyone needs a coach. And, and a coach may not be in the true sense of the word coach. Like, you guys may have each other. Let's just take you two guys, for example. Um, you know, you may be uh, having a shitty day, and it's it's calling up your partner, coach, and saying, hey, man, this is what's going on, and this is the way I'm, I'm feeling at the moment. And then, you know, you guys work out of it together. I think what happens is individuals, um, they get in this, this tunnel vision where they only see what they see. And you have an outsider that's perfect, that, that's right in front of you that says, well, look, dude, you feel this way because you've been sitting on the couch for the past three days. Why don't we get up and go do something other than sit on the couch? And you're like, oh, should I have been? You know, um, there, there's, there are people try and do this journey on their own, and they depend on the word motivation. I fucking hate the word motivation because motivation... It, it, it falters. People come out of the gate January 1st motivated. And what happens January 10th? You know why they fail? It's because they don't have discipline. People don't understand the importance of discipline. So what I do with my athletes or the individuals that I'm coaching is I let them know, hey, look, I want you to do one thing every day. One thing. And I don't care what it is. So it may be you choose to read a book. But you have to decide when you're going to read that book, and it's got to be done every single day. So if you're going to read a book at 8 a.m., then nothing else matters. 
nothing else takes up that time from 8 a.m. to 8.20 or however long you designate to do it. So you're building discipline. And once you start to build one, then you start to build more. And what happens is people start to take on these disciplines. And before they know it, they're kind of out of that hole that they were in when they started, you know, and, and things look differently. And you all of a sudden see, man, I can handle so much more than what I was handling because you have this now new and still discipline. And it's not motivation. Motivation will fall within discipline. If you're disciplined, everything else uh, falls in alignment, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. Gotcha. And you know, really kind of pisses me off because I hate when we go into a new year, or in this case, coming up, a new decade, yeah. and people want to talk about their New Year's resolutions only for them to fall off. Right. Not even after the first week, more like the first hour. Right. Really. Right. And they don't even have the motivation to get off their asses and, you know, make something of themselves. Kind of like me, right. unfortunately. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think we all need that little jolt of energy, that little boost that little flame underneath the ass is just to try and get going and just to try and you know think that there are other things in life we need to worry about other than what goes on in society who's tweeting about what who's posting about what what food is there out there stuff like that it's it's um it's it's a change of vocabulary from words like motivation to discipline you know it, it I hate to be cliche and, you know, it's, it's, it's really not about being cliche, but it's, it's, fuck man, it's, it's turning the switch on and just saying I'm fed up, you know, what's the first step? And that's where having a coach comes into play. Something that can be raw and real with you and say, look, dude, you know, that, that's what I love about Josh is there's been times in my life where I've been completely fucking up. And Josh is one of the few guys who's probably been, there was two, there's two that were absolutely 100% raw and said, you know what, man, you're being a complete asshole right now. You can knock the shit off. And I'm like, oh, you know, if, if, if this guy's telling me that, and I know what Josh stands for, you know, there's a lot of people don't understand Josh, but Josh is a dude that I could call right now and say, hey, hey, bro, I need you to come over here. I can't have you ask any questions and he'll be like, no problem. And, and when, when you find people like that, you know, we're friends, but I always call him coach because he's more than just a wrestling coach. He's, you know, my life coach, he's, he's whatever, and, and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's when you find those people, you hang on to them mm-hmm. because those are the ones that can actually help you see what's really going on and, and, and help dig you out of the hole and, and, you know, most men don't have that in their life. Mm-hmm. They really don't. And actually, it's uh, so. one of the things we learned about Josh when we talked to Victor Henry. One of his, uh, one of his uh, MMA fighters was that, uh, you know, he'll adjust his coaching to how he thinks you need to. He thinks you need to be pushed. So if you need right. to be yelled at, if he needs you screaming, he'll do that. In Victor Henry's case, it's just calm. You know, you're, you know, yeah. you're doing good. No, no, get out of that position. You know, but like Alyssa Garcia, he's got a, he's got a little bit more of, of that in him. So yeah, it's definitely, he knows, he knows what people, it seems like he definitely knows how people need to be, I guess, whipped. I, I can't think of right. another word. Uh, no, to no, get them, get the, get them, to get them back into 
whatever it, whatever they're back into their into their zone. I, I'm right. uh, um and all that stuff. So that he right. definitely we definitely Josh Burnett is we've learned there's one of those people talking with his fighters. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, with that though, uh, Mr. Hammer. Uh, one of the last questions I have for you is, in case if J.R. Kratos ever listens to this audio, mm-hmm. I want you to say whatever you want. I know you said some things about him before, but I want to give you an opportunity. Uh, a floor is yours opportunity. Say whatever you want to about him or about the match coming up. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, this is, this is, I'm not a big, uh, not a big talker. I don't like to disrespect my opponents unless unless it's called for, um, you know, I, I, look, Kratos, you're, you're a big fucking man. You got big hands, but I, you just, you're not as good a wrestler as I am. Um, I have I just, my technique is, is, is better. I'm faster, I'm quicker. And, uh, you know, I do have respect for, for your power, but, um, I don't see this going any other way than me having my hand raised. So mm. that's about it, man. Good yeah. luck. And, uh, well, I'll throw it over to the to all of your plugs. Uh, plug your social media, where people can find you, uh, your, your strength club. Uh, throw all that out right now. Yeah, the best way to get a hold of me, honestly, or to follow kind of what I'm doing is I'm really bad at social media, but um, you know the the athletes of Virtus page um, is probably the, the the primary. I spend most of my time on there. Um, I will be launching. Uh, I'm working with one of my partners right now on a, um, a new website that is going to be training based. And uh, what we're going to start doing is putting a lot of the training uh, methods and exercises and movements uh, along with uh, a catalog of, of training plans and, and, you know, diet information and, and all sorts of stuff. We're going to be launching that here, hopefully within the next four to five months. Um, so, you know, anyone that's interested in, in looking at alternative ways of training or just understanding the, the body from a different uh, view other than biomechanical, um, then, you know, keep a lookout. But that will all be announced on my my Instagram, and that's athletes uh, of Virtus, athletes of Virtus. So that's that's coming up in the near future. Is that all one word, or is it underscored? Yeah, no, just athletes of Virtus. And you can always Google, I think, Eric Hammer and... and you can, I'm not, I'm not that hard to, to, to miss. I mean, I'm not exactly a pair of car keys, so you'd be able to find me. Mm-hmm. And if people want to re- reach, um, uh, the, the, the Virtues, uh, strength, uh, club, well, how, how, what's the best way to reach, uh, your training center? Um, that's actually really hard to do because we're unlisted. Oh, we're unlisted. You actually have to know what you're looking for to find us. We are in a, we're in a 4,400 square foot facility. Brea, actually, Brea, California, and um, nobody even knows we exist unless you know what you're looking for. So it's it's uh, it's it's dark. There's no AC. It's uh, it's a it's a collar, man, and and uh, you, you have to. It's it's word of mouth, very fight fight club esque. I was about to say, this sounds very flight club. No, uh, number one rule of the virtuous strength club: don't speak about the virtuous yeah, flight club. Yeah, yeah, Usually, people get a hold of us on Instagram, and start asking questions, and then basically what I do is I invite them down, and uh, we interview. I do a one-on-one interview with every single person to make sure you're the right fit. Because mm. if you're easily offended, or um, you know, you don't like my personality, no hard feelings. Just understand that this is the way it is, and you know, if we have to ever close our doors, and I'll take my ball and go home, and 
something else. So basically, if somebody if you you'll know if somebody if somebody wants your wants the type of training that you, that you give, they will find you. Essentially, is is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, people uh, look at the, some of the stuff we're on Instagram and they're going, man, I've, I've never seen this or I'm, wait, I'm interested in learning more about it, you know, where you guys located, um, you know, and we go from there. But um, I think the interview process is very important because I don't take on all athletes. And even if you're an athlete or not, um, I want to know um, how you are as a person. You know, if you're not that you have to be a, a Olympic athlete to train with me. I just want to know your mindset. I want to know what you're about because if I have to sit here and pull teeth on, on you to get you to do something, I, I would rather invest my time with people that that want to make an improvement. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And if I, feel, if I feel I can get you to that point and you just don't know it, like if I come in and I say, hey, man, what are your goals on the scale or how important are your goals on the scale of 1 to 10 and you give me a 2, and why would I want to work with you? If you don't give a shit, why should I? I got other people in here that are 10. So I want I want to get them, you know, and, 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 and push them. Mm. So. And, and the other uh, piece of advice, I guess I could give people who are going to go for an interview with you, don't use the word motivation. I fucking hate that word, man. That yeah. gives me the chills. Put that, write that down next yeah. to performance artist. I mean, as a matter of fact, leave your fucking motivation at the door. Yeah, that's, that's like performance artist. Yeah. Just put those two words together, like put them on, like <laughs> put them on a wall, and then right before you're like ten minutes before your match of uh, Kratos, just stare at those words for ten minutes. I'm sure that will that will that will it'll, it'll become blood sport, not only in name only. It'll, it'll become I, blood sport literally with the, I, the match. I'm actually going to write on my gym wall. I am not a performance artist. I'm going to put those or, words on. You know the wall. what? You know what? You should write this and put it on a graphic T-shirt. We don't train performance. We don't motivate yeah. performance yeah. artists. We believe ah. people who want to change. You know, that might be a good shirt if you guys want to collaborate. You ah. know, professional wrestling, uh, non-performance artist tie-in somehow, man. That ah. might, that, that could go over well. But you better be careful. You know there's going to be people that are going to get offended over that. They're going to be like, I'm sorry, I don't watch professional wrestling. I watch yeah. performance artists. Well, in the words of Trump, uh, any publicity is good publicity. That's so. true. That is true. That's true. <laughs> um, of course. Uh, but with but one more question we do want to ask you. Yeah. Seeing the fact that this is your U.S. professional wrestling debut, and this may possibly be a one-shot, who knows. But for those who are new to you, and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be new to you for oh, the yeah. first time, yeah. what is your message to those folks, because I don't want to say fans, because sure, sure, sure. I know you don't do this for the fans. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, uh, one, I, I appreciate that people come to watch what we do. You know what I'm saying? When I say I don't do it for the fans, I don't do it for the cheers, and I don't do it for the booze. You know, I, I, I sincerely appreciate that people take the time to come support, and and they 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 have plenty of of. Um, uh, things that they could be spending their money on. So don't get me uh, confused when I say I don't do it for the fans. When I say I don't do it for the fans, I don't look at the boards and read or care what people say about me. That's that context. For the individuals that plan on watching um, or uh, coming to the actual live show, um, man, well, I, I, I don't even know what to tell you, honestly. I, I just, I'm... 
I fuck again. I'm starting to get sweaty and, and fidgety again when I think about competing. Um, I just I, I hope you see, man, that what I'm about. You know, I hope you get that uh, I'm there to compete, and uh, I don't care in, in what context I'm competing in. It, it's I'm giving everything I got. It's, it's all out. So, uh, you know, I, I really can't say more than that in, in that regard. Uh. Eric Ham- Eric will be taking on J.R. Kratos at Bloodsport 2, September 14th in Atlantic City at the Showboat. Uh, you can watch it on Fight TV, or I think there are some tickets still available, last I checked. Not a lot, but there's still some. But if you are not in the New Jersey... Let's just say... Sorry, go ahead, Christian. Let's just say great seats are still available, and if you can't go to the Showboat Pavilion in Atlantic City, New Jersey to check it out... You can watch it on fight.tv, F-I-T-E.tv, and the Fight app, which is available on all platforms via iOS and Android. Mm-hmm. Eric Hammer, it's been fun talking with you, and, mm-hmm. you know, we wish you travel and grace, and, you know, we hope that you come back to Fulton, I mean, Fullerton, California, with the W, and, you know, if... If need be, I mean, hopefully we can do this again. We can talk to you again, and, Let's you know, turn. you can tell us how you defeated Kratos. Mm. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, guys. It's great. Oh, Good thank time. you for your time. We really do appreciate it, especially it's early in California uh, right nah, now. Not too bad. <laughs> and yeah, with the, I'll be the, I'll be there at the showboat. You know, looking forward to your uh, to your bloodbath with Jr. Kratos. And guaranteed, oh. it will not be a performance artist match. No, definitely not. <laughs> Thank you Thank again, you Mr. Hammer. We appreciate your time. Absolutely, man. Take care. Take care. No problem. Bye.